The NBA Gambling Podcast on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network is presented by WinBet. WinBet is now live in Arizona, Colorado, Indiana, Louisiana, Michigan, New Jersey, New York, Tennessee, and Virginia. From boosted same-game parlays to live in-game odds, WinBet has what you need to win. Sign up today, bet 100, and get a $100 free bet at sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash winbet. That's sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash W-Y-N-N-B-E-T. State restrictions apply. Ross, we're brought to you by the SGPN NFL Playoff Challenge. $500 in cash and prizes up for grabs exclusively on the SGPN app. Welcome, everyone, to the NBA Gambling Podcast, part of the Sports Gambling Podcast Network. It is Thursday, January 12th, is it? Yep, 11.04, currently on the East Coast, here to get into the NBA schedule for Thursday night. And we'll recap what we saw uh, from Wednesday night. But joining me here on the Thursday episode, it's Delonte Smith. Delonte, how you feeling, my man? Pretty good, man. Uh, just ready to give out some winners, hopefully, for tonight to make up for the show on Tuesday. But uh, overall... Pretty good. Not too bad. Uh, at least we got more than two games tonight. Yeah, we're usually used to mm-hmm. like two or three games on the Thursday schedule, but we're um, it's been kind of consistent this week. We've had about six or seven per night. Yeah. Yeah. I think another six games here tonight as well uh, in the association. A uh, couple, couple of good matchups, I'm sorry, um, on the schedule here tonight. A lot of injury news we need to get to as well for a lot of these games. So, yeah. Um, We'll discuss that as we go game by game on the yep. schedule here tonight. But last night, uh, Delonte, uh, how did your night turn out? Yeah, pretty good. Just had the Knicks. Um, they tried to give me a heart attack with blowing the game and being up and blowing it again. Uh, Denver first quarter, first half was pretty good. Uh, I don't think I lost anything um, last night. Unfortunately, of course, I wasn't on yesterday, so you know how that goes. But uh, overall, pretty good night. Um uh, trying to bounce back and make sure we give out some winners today. Yeah, Tuesday was not good for me on the pod. I had um, I had the Phoenix Suns team total under 109, mm-hmm. and I was feeling pretty good when those lineups came out uh, with Chris Paul and obviously Devin Booker and DeAndre Ayton being out, but the Warriors just did not play any type of defense in that game. Uh, and the Suns actually got the outright victory as well, 125-113. Right. I'm not sure if anybody saw that coming. but um, And you know, like you mentioned last night, they, as expected, the Phoenix Suns came out flat against the Denver Nuggets. Um, and they pretty much covered the first half, first quarter, and full game did the Denver Nuggets. Made it yep. look pretty much effortless. And, of course, last night it's a night, Delonte, where they only scored 97 points. Right, exactly. It's just how it goes, man. I see uh, Maddie in the chat. <laughs> it's, what, what you got to explain? What, what's what I'm, I'm guessing it was it. probably either the, my Tuesday picks or the sides that I, were, I was on last night. I had the Hawks plus the five, and I had the Pacers plus the five as well last night. And I know you and I were oppo last night. Uh, you had uh, the Knicks and I had the Pacers. But I think that really the, I think the bigger news from that game is Tyrese Halliburton left the game with, I believe it's a, a knee injury. And yeah. I think the news was that he left on crutches from the arena. Um, which which hurt because I had I had Halley props on the prop cast yesterday 
Um, so that kind of that hurt. I'm, I'm pretty sure if that if I played in the fourth quarter or even I played the rest of that game, um, he would have got to those props. But hey, injuries are, are part of the game. Not much I can do there as far as as injuries go. <laughs> but uh, yeah, like Delante uh, said, we'll, we'll hopefully we can find some winners here tonight. Yep. In the association, John Morant last night uh, was my, I think, my lone prop winner. Uh, he had 38 points against the San Antonio Spurs. He just continues his domination against that team. Um, I did have Kevin Herter as well, but he was scratched last night, and I pivoted to um, uh, Keegan Murray on his three point shots. And he, he yeah, he got there last night. He was four of 11 from the field. His number was at two and a half. Um, but he went four of eleven from three point line last night against the Rockets, um, and uh, at Shangoon's over fourteen and a half, and of course he drops a 10-10-10 triple double last night, Delonte. Wow, yeah, uh, did it was a couple of uh, late game scratches that uh, that weren't on the injury report. I don't think I think like Miles Turner. Yeah, uh, Miles like I Turner. think he was a late scratch. Um, yeah. I didn't hear about Trey. Maybe I was just late to the news, but I didn't hear about Trey until later on in the day. Maybe like five. Six o'clock, maybe an hour or two before two. Um, so yeah, so yeah, that's, a, that's strange with you know some of those uh, injuries coming out, and you already made your bit, so yeah, it's kind of it's it, kind of hard to get out of, it, especially when Milwaukee jumps out to an eighteen two lead. Like so. yeah, uh, Hawks did their best to try to come back. Yeah, and they cover that back. game as yeah, well. They, yeah, they I mean, did. look, they came back and tied it up, didn't they? Yeah, yeah, they did. they did. They had to leave. Bogdanovich hit a shot in the corner. Yeah, uh, like a fadeaway jumper in the corner, and they were up two. And then down the stretch, I think they got outscored in the last two minutes, thirteen to two. And Giannis yeah. didn't even have a good night. He was more facilitating rebounding. I think he had only seven points. I can't remember the last time Giannis didn't score double digits. You know the crazy part about last night was I was watching a lot of these stat lines, and if if you're a a guy that bets on uh, triple doubles, boy, there were some brutal beats last night. I mean, you take a look at oh, yeah. uh, with, with Giannis last night. Mm-hmm. If you had Giannis, uh, he finished up the game with like you mentioned, there's seven points only, but he had what 19 rebounds, and I think he had 10 10 or 11 assists last night. If you had told me which part of the triple double he wasn't going to get, I think points would have been my last thing that I would exactly. have selected. Exactly. Our last stat category. Yeah, yeah they did. A, um, I mean, I know he wasn't as aggressive as um, as he usually is. Um, mm-hmm. He was playing more of a facilitating role, but I thought the Knicks did a good job of you know giving him multiple bodies Hawks. and uh, yeah, playing a playing a little pack line defense, making sure that. Uh, you know, he's not steamrolling everybody. He's seeing two or three defenders at a time. Yeah. Um, but unfortunately, Drew Holiday turns into Michael Jordan in the clutch. He's just, yeah. man, he just can't two miss down the stretch. Row. Yeah, he just can't miss down the stretch, which yeah. is, yeah. So uh, last night, yeah, Giannis, three of 10 from the floor, did yeah. finish up with 18 rebounds, 10 assists, uh, like we mentioned. Um, and then Jokic, if you had Jokic triple double last night, he fell short by an assist, uh, which, I mean, yeah, I think you kind of probably. I don't know, say predicted, but I, it, there was a good chance that that game was going to be a blowout after what Phoenix did the previous night against the Golden State Warriors. But Jokic finished that game with 21 points, 18 rebounds, and nine assists. And then the last one, uh, if you had Sabonis triple double, 25 points, 14 rebounds, and nine assists. So two wow. guys uh, in the late games that fell one assist short of getting triple doubles. But um, yeah, uh, anything else from last night, Delonte? Um, I didn't see. I didn't see much other. Uh, yeah, you, you touched on the Halliburton uh, news. So I'm waiting to see yeah. how bad that is. Hopefully, not too bad. Yeah. Um, I think 
uh, Boston, they were playing extremely poor in the beginning, and then uh, New Orleans cut the lead back again, uh, and they just took off, uh, even without Smart. And I don't think Robert Williams played either, um, if I'm not mistaken. Oh, he didn't? Uh, yeah, so... Uh, honestly, I like the I like the lineup better. I don't know if you watch a lot of that game, but I like the lineup better when Brogdon's in versus mm-hmm. Smart. I feel like Brogdon is more of a they have to guard him more than they do Smart, so he's more respective from being able to shoot the ball because you know Brogdon was a 50-40-90 guy um, yeah. when he was at Indiana. Was it Indiana or Milwaukee? Yeah. When Indiana. he was Indiana, mm-hmm. yeah. So uh, they got to respect him from uh, from deep and also from the mid range. So I think their offense runs a lot more fluid uh, with Brogdon in. Now, of course, Brogdon's not the defender that Smart is, but mm-hmm. I mean, Brian is not a slouch of a defender either. Uh, but other than that, uh, I just you know enjoy watching Boston play, and uh, I don't know what the hell we're gonna do with Minnesota or what they're gonna do with Minnesota. They just got blasted. Uh, no idea what's going on there. Yeah, it was really that second half where, especially the third quarter. Now, I know Anthony Edwards didn't start the second half. They had actually ruled him out for the rest of the game. But then I, I saw a note that came across. I think like it was towards the end of the third quarter that, hey, Anthony Edwards is going to return to the game uh, for the Minnesota Timberwolves. But I think at that point, Delonte, it was a little too late yeah. uh, for the Minnesota Timberwolves. But yeah, Pistons get the victory there, 135-118. Um, I think we touched on pretty much all the games from last night. Um, yeah, I seen a, uh, I'm going to ask you a question. I seen, yeah. a, um, I seen a tweet. I can't remember who tweeted it out, but it was, I guess, the Hawks and um, the Hawks and Knicks play. No, the Hawks and Knicks were playing last night, and somebody asked, "Is Dejounte Murray better than Jalen Brunson?" What do you think about that? Mm. It's a tough, right? It's t- it's tougher than than some people might think. Yeah, it's tough. Uh, I mean, if I was starting a team, who would I take right now? I would probably take Jalen Brunson. Yeah, yeah, I'm I'm, I'm a Dejounte Murray fan. I like Jalen. Um, yeah. I just think some of the things that DeJounte can do, um, I think he's being somewhat uh, not limited to, I guess, I don't think he's being used properly in Atlanta with Trey being able to hold on to the ball a lot more. Uh, But I like Brunson's game. Uh, I think DeJounte can do like more defensively, obviously, um, with his length. Uh, I think he's a better rebounder. Uh, But Brunson's just got something in him that is just, you just can't teach it. He just... Brunson has an it factor. Yeah, he's just always even keel. Uh, he's always going to make the right play. Uh, yeah, he's not a terrible defender by any means. Uh, but yeah, Brunson, I mean, I've I've liked Brunson since he was in uh, at Villanova with Michael yeah. Bridges. I mean, yeah, but I just thought it was an interesting question. Uh, and a lot of people were kind of back and forth. Like, it took a while to get some definitive answers, but it's, you know, I think it was a good question, man. Yeah, I mean, DeJounte Murray, when he was with the Spurs, like it was like automatic. We were betting his a rebounds and assists to go over because he was pretty much a primary ball handler for right. the right. San Antonio Spurs, right? And mm-hmm. he was always a threat to go out every single night and, and put up triple-double type numbers. But now I think there's an adjustment period. And I think we talked about this, you know, before the season started that there was going to be some type of adjustment period for guys like Trey Young and DeJounte yeah. Murray having to play with each other because they're both ball-dominant guys, right? So... You know, right now, Trey Young has kind of been in and out of the lineup, um, and DeJounte Murray missed some time as well. So I, I think it's going to take a little bit longer for them to kind of figure out how they're going to play off of each other and play with each other and things like that. And and there's a whole separate thing that we talked about with the, the Atlanta Hawks about, you know, with John Collins, does he want to be there? Does uh, Nate McMillan get along with Trey Young? So there's a whole other drama fiasco that's happening off the court 
um, with this team versus about what's happening on the court. But kind of getting back to Jalen Brunson, I think we Dante, we got to give him his flowers because since 2023, um, we turned the page on on the new year. He's averaging 33.2 points per game. He's shooting it at a 52.6 percent of. Rate from the floor, fifty percent from three point land. He's averaging, like I mentioned, thirty three points per game. So, I think that maybe Thibodeau's kind of figured it out on who should be running this offense and who should be running it th- uh, with through. It feels like right now it is Jalen Brunson and then it's Julius Randle because when I feel like, and you could maybe expand on this, is that when we see Julius Randle have the ball in his hand, it's it's more ISO basketball. Yeah. Versus when like- Jalen Brunson has it, it's okay. You know, he's getting other guys involved and he can he can rack mm-hmm. up the assists and he can score the basketball well as well. Yeah, yeah. I don't I don't like uh <laughs> I like Randall. I don't like him initiating offense. I think he's better in the pick and roll spot because when him and it's it's a lot of well, it's not many lefty on lefty pick and rolls in the NBA. I think Fox and Sabonis are just another duo that stands out. But it's hard to defend that left that lefty pick and roll simply because everybody's accustomed to defending it from the right-hand side. So yeah. once they set Julius Randle up on the on the left hash and they run the pick and roll, then he can hit Grimes in the corner. He's got quickly uh, in the short uh, in the short three-point zone. Um, but, I, yeah, I think Brunson is just playing extremely well. Um, he rarely takes bad shots. Um, he's always just, you know, even kill. He doesn't get too high, doesn't get too low. Um, yeah, but I'm, I'm really a fan of Jalen Brunson, but I like, I like Murray as well, but – as of late, like Brunson has just he's been worth that contract. And um he got the Knicks playing really good basketball. Yeah, like you said with Thibodeau, um definitely not known for his offensive scheme or sets, but some of the things that he's doing, I think he just pretty much put in the the Luca tape from last year or Brunson and Luca and saw how uh Jason Kidd was running um Brunson uh without Luca on the court. Yeah. And he's got the ball in his hands a lot more. Mm-hmm. Um he's actually moving well without the ball whenever um Grimes and quickly, uh, you know, when they're at the top of the key doing their screen and roll things, he can set. He's a good. He's a really good set shooter. Really good set shooter. Yeah. Um. So I, I mean, I like I like what I see in uh, in Brunson and the, honestly the Knicks overall. I like I like what I'm seeing. They just gotta get. They they gotta get somebody that can just put the game away. Like I thought RJ would be able to take that next step mm-hmm. to be to be that guy to you know whenever Jalen's not doesn't have it, he can yeah. be able to come in and and give you you know. A, a stretch of two minutes where he could just strictly get to the line, hit a shot or whatever. But I mean, I know he's coming back from injury, but I just hadn't seen that uh, as much this season as I would like to. But yeah. uh, as soon as they get that guy, that, or if RJ gets that confidence, that can just put the game away on the, on his back for a two or three minute stretch. I mean, I think the Knicks are going to be uh, going to be pretty good moving forward. Yeah, I agree, man. I, there's definitely talent on that team, and it's just about you know Thibodeau figuring out who he yeah. wants to uh, who he wants. Uh, or whose hands he wants the ball in. Um, and Jalen Brunson has been that guy right now since, like we said, we turned the uh, calendar year. All right. Um, before we get into the games here for tonight, Delonte, let me tell our uh, listeners about our presenting sponsor, and that is WinBet. WinBet is the official online sports book of the Sports Gambling Podcast Network, and WinBet is active in a bunch of states. And there's a ton of ways to win, including live betting and same-game parlays. Plus, the NFL playoffs are here. Great promos, odds, and payouts are happening right now at WinBet. Ready to play? Sign up today to receive a special offer. Bet 100, get 100. Limited state availability. There's so much to choose from. All you have to do is head over to sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash winbet so they know that we sent you that sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash W-Y-N-N-B-E-T. Offers up to change. Terms and conditions at winbet.com. Must be 21 years older and present in the state where play-through winbet is available. 
If you're someone you know has a gambling problem, call 1-800-522-4700. SGPN has teamed up, teamed up with Homage for a NFL playoff challenge. The winner will get $300 in cash, a $100 SGPN gift card, and a $100 Homage gift card. Homage is, has a ton of cool retro throwback officially licensed NFL gear. Check them out at sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash homage for all the contest details. And to enter, download the SGPN app and hit the contest tab. All right, Delante, let's get into the schedule here uh, for Thursday night, my man. The first game on the schedule, we're going to go over to the, the city of brotherly love. The Oklahoma City Thunder are in Philly tonight to take on the Sixers. Uh, looking at the opening line for this game, currently seeing that the Philadelphia 76ers opened up as a nine-point favorite. That number has now been bet up to minus 10. Total is sitting at 234 in this game. That number has been uh, bet down to 233. Uh, looking at the injury report for both of these teams, pretty clean injury report for the Sixers. Everybody is a go. Uh, for the OKC Thunders, we know the usual suspects are on the injury report. Uh, Pokushevsky and Jeremy, uh, sorry, Jeremiah Robinson Earl continues to be out with the right ankle sprain. Um, these two teams did match up, I believe, on New Year's Eve, mm-hmm. and uh, the Sixers did get the victory there in that game. Uh, one, oh, let's see here, one fifteen ninety six, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, there you go, one fifteen ninety six. Yeah, on New Year's Eve, uh, the Sixers have won six games in a row against this uh, OKC Thunder team. Seems like they have their number. You kind of look at the ATS numbers here for this uh, both these teams as well. Um, OKC has been one of the better teams uh, against the spread, at least on the road. Um, let me double check this here. Uh, if it's right, I got 11 and 8. Yeah, 11 ATS. and 8. I, yeah, just double check that for me. But I, I, didn't update, uh, I didn't update this morning, but I had it. Yeah, yeah I, I'll let me hold on. Let me yeah, just double check to make sure. I, I see 25 and 16 ATS overall, 11 and mm-hmm. 8 on the road. Yeah. Uh, here, let me. Quickly do this 12, 11 and eight. Yeah, you're correct. 11 and five as road underdogs uh, so far this season. But let's start with the side here. Delonte minus 10 right now for the Philadelphia 76ers hosting the OKC Thunder. Uh, yeah, man. Um, I, I like Philly. Uh, honestly, Philly is playing now as well as i thought they would play early on i was like higher on them than pretty much anybody coming into the season i thought that they had the dip with adding uh with having shake milton in and d'anthony melton i think they just i think they had all the tools to to get it done and they started off kind of slow and it was dang are we gonna fire doc or like what's going on and then mb gets hurt and then they weather the storm with Embiid. um maxi gets hurt they weather the storm with him so I think that that the injuries gave those guys some confidence um, going in, and which is why they're playing as well as they are right now. Mm-hmm. And uh, I know a lot of people don't like laying big numbers um, uh, in the NBA, of course, with you know the way that an NBA game can be turned upside down and a blink of eye with a three-point shot. Uh, but Philly has been one of the best teams in covering big numbers. Uh, they cover 10.5 against Charlotte, 8.5 uh, against Golden State, 12 to Detroit, um, 15 to Detroit and 12 and a half to Indianapolis. So that's on my count. That's one, two, three, four. That's basically five games that they've covered with a spread similar to 
to what we have here. And I know you said it opened nine, so I just threw in eight and a half for Golden State. The only game they didn't cover was 13 and a half to Golden State. So yeah. in covering big games, they do it. They do a good job simply because of the dip. And matchup wise, I mean, I love OKC. Uh, one of the one of my favorite teams to watch um, with all of those young guys. And we went over the numbers how they are on the road. I just think inside Joel is going to be a problem. Mm-hmm. He dom- he dominated the last meeting, um, and they, they won. Double. Yeah, they won pretty easily without Maxi or Harden, and mm-hmm. they, they didn't have to exert a lot of effort. Um, yeah, honestly, so they held SGA to fourteen points. If I'm not mistaken, I think that might be a season low. Um, I'll just have to double check that. Uh, yeah. But the defenders that they have to throw at SGA and to limit Giddy is mm. is what's going to be a key. So um, I like Philly here. Uh, I would. I see a few nine and a half, so I would try to find a nine and a half if um, if you agree with me, and I would lay that uh, with Philly. Yeah, SGA has struggled against uh, the Oakland, sorry, against the Philadelphia 76ers in his career. Uh, like you mentioned, the last matchup, he only had 14 points uh, um, in that game, but last year he only had one good game. We had 29 points, and since he's joined um, the OKC Thunder in that trade with uh, Paul George. Yeah, 24-14, and like I mentioned, 29 in the last game on New Year's mm-hmm. Eve where he only had 14 points in 23 minutes. Uh, and he has only shot above – in in none of those games with the OKC Thunder against the Sixers has he shot above 50%. And that kind of speaks volumes to me, especially for a guy like SGA who likes to attack the basket, right? And we talk, take a look at the stats for the Philadelphia 76ers. They're one of the better teams as far as defending the paint this season. They're only allowing 47.6 points inside the paint, which ranks number six uh, in the entire league. Um, so I think that might be the difference here tonight as well. And again, like you mentioned, that Joel Embiid should be able to get whatever he wants inside tonight uh, against this OKC Thunder team because they just don't have the size or a guy that can really contain um, a guy like Joel Embiid. Mm-hmm. Thunder allowing 52 points per game inside the paint, which ranks 24th out of 30 teams. Uh, so not very good there. But Dante, one thing that I really like in this game, I'm going to take the Sixers in the first half. Um, you know, we talked about how the Sixers have won six straight games against the uh, Thunder. But if you take a look at the margins in the first half in those last six matches, and I'm quickly going to read them off here to you. And I, I wrote this down. So uh, they've been up by 10, 13, 15, 8, 5, and 26 over the last six games against the OKC Thunder. And just to expand upon that, this um the uh the Sixers at home over their last 10 games against the spread are seven, six three and one. And then the Thunder in their last 10 games on the road in the first half are two seven and one against the spread. So I, I think they come out and play well here in the first half. We've all we've seen where the Thunder are a team. I think they lead the league in third quarter scoring um, and third quarter scoring margin. I'll double check that here. But I really like the Sixers in the first half. It is at minus six in this game. So I may just lay that uh, lumber in the first half with the Sixers and they just come out and play well. And Joel Embiid has just a, a monster first quarter. Yeah, I don't hate that. Uh, they're seventh in uh, first half margin. Uh, so not a bad play. And I think that OKC is among they are in the first half. Oklahoma City is. They are bottom. 
they are bottom five. So that's a good play. I, I like that a lot. Um, I like the full game as well. Um, I just think that okay. So they're gonna in order for Oklahoma City to have success, they got they're gonna have to speed up the game because they're top ten in pace. Whereas yeah. Philadelphia is slower in pace, obviously because they want to dump the ball in to Joel and Harden's not the old Harden where he likes to run up and down the court and just throw lobs. So um, they do speed. However, Philly does speed up the tempo whenever Harden and Embiid are off the floor when they let Maxi uh, run the show. Yeah, but I think that I don't think that Oklahoma City would be able to speed Philly up because they're just going to get beat up inside. Um, and even with how SGA is defended. He got multiple defenders to throw at him. I mean, even Matisse, uh, Matisse Thibault might get in some action to help defend. I think he played a big part in that game um, back on uh, New Year's Eve. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I think that'll be a big, big uh, disadvantage for the Thunder, which will lead me into a player prop I like um, later on when we get to that. Uh, yeah, quickly on the total here. Um, this number, like I mentioned, opened up at 234. It's been down to 233. Any thoughts on the total? Uh, both teams have been playing to the over. Uh, Oklahoma City's last five have went over. Um, and also uh, Philadelphia's last five have went over. Uh, I wouldn't I wouldn't play the under at all. I mean, I just think that even though Philadelphia doesn't play at a higher pace, they're efficient when they're, you know, when they're scoring. So, yeah. I think they'll pretty much be able to get what they want inside. So no matter if it's a fast-paced game or not, they can still get to the total just being efficient and scoring on every other position. And Oklahoma City, I mean, they're going to have their their times where they're running and gunning. Mm -hmm. But I just – I don't know if they'll – I don't know if the defense is going to be as good as expected um, from both sides. So uh, I would lean to the over, honestly. Yeah, Philly, uh, Philly over the last 10 games are number one in offensive rating with a rating of 121.7, just ahead of the Denver Nuggets in that category. So, yeah, I think that difference tonight is going to be um, just Embiid and even Harden when he get tries to go inside the paint and, and has easy baskets because, again, there's no real room protection for the OKC Thunder. Uh, let's get over to some player props here. Delonte, what do you got? Uh man, quite a few. So I, I seen somebody in the chat was talking about Giddy. Uh, I like Giddy over uh, twenty eight and a half points, rebounds, and assists. He's went over five of the last seven. Um, and another one of my favorite props that I like is Jalen Williams, the number eight Jalen Williams. Uh, so just make sure you know. Don't it's confusing. Say it again. And it's confusing when you have two Jalen Williams yeah. in your starting lineups. Right, right. So it's the it's the one that's it's the guard Jalen Williams or the guard slash forward, and the other one is a forward slash center. So the, the Santa Clara Jalen Williams. So basically, um, since defenses have been shifted more to guard Giddy because Giddy has been playing w- better offensively, um, he's been getting a lot more looks. They've been actually letting him initiate the offense a lot more. Um, so at the top of the key at the free throw line extended, he has the ball a lot in his hands he's able to make plays um it's 11 and a half right now he's went over this number in 11 of the last 15 and more recently six of the last eight um so i think you have uh because of the matchup and all the attention that um giddy and sga is gonna cause i would think that he has you know a similar amount of shots north of you know 14 and 15 shots and get to the line a few times to be able to um get us over this number i really like um Josh Giddy's uh, points here tonight. It's mm-hmm. currently sitting at 15 and a half. And like you mentioned, number one, that attention is going to be on Josh, uh, sorry, on SGA to slow him down, which should open up opportunities for Josh Giddy. And Giddy's been another guy this season that uh, since the turn of the year, he's he's playing pretty well in the five games so far in 2023. He's mm-hmm. averaging 17.8 points per game. 
Um, he's shooting it at, let's see here, 48.7% from the floor, and, and he's at close to 41% uh, from beyond the arc where he's knocked down at least two three-point shots in four of the last five games. Now, he didn't get it done against Miami, but he still had a triple-double in that game of 18, 15, and 10. So I like his points here tonight. And I guess the Sixers, he's had some success as well, right? Um, three career games dating back to 2021. He's had uh, 19, 9, and 20. So uh, I think that he does have a, 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 a pretty good scoring night here tonight. So that's one player prop I do like for this game. Mm-hmm. For Josh Giddy over 15 and a half. Yeah, um, another one that's uh, it's probably not on the board just yet, or at least it wasn't this morning when I look at D'Anthony Melton with his threes over. Um, it's usually set at one and a half, two. Um, <clears throat> he's had two plus in 15 of the last 17 and three plus in 10 of the last 15. So he's getting a high volume. Uh, with that second unit, he's playing extremely well. Mm. Um, him and Maxie really feed off each other. They're able to get things going for the offense with uh, – which allows Harden and Embiid to sit on the bench. And that's another reason why I would lean to the over, because when Harden and Embiid sit, Doc usually staggers their minutes, so they both sit at the same time um, early on, and then later on he'll bring in he'll bring in uh, Milton to play with uh, Embiid and give Embiid a rest and then put Harden back in. So usually in those staggered minutes, they, the pace speeds up a little bit more, which plays towards OKC, which could lead to the over. Um, I'm looking at Embiid rebounds too. Um, he had 13 in the last matchup. Uh, we already went over. They don't have a lot of rim protection. The yep. only thing is, um, I don't know if OKC is going to be able to get a lot of shots up to where he can get a lot of defensive rebounds. So he'll, he'll mostly have to get it on the offensive end. Um, yep. So, uh, yeah, I would lean to Joel Embiid over 10.5 rebounds. Uh, he's went over in the last three. And that, that 13 point performance against, 13 rebound performance against OKC is included in that. So uh, just a few that I like. Yeah, last two games uh, against the Thunder, he had 19 rebounds and then 13 rebounds in the mm-hmm. most recent matchup on New Year's Eve, like we talked about. So, yep. uh, yeah, I like that look as well. Any other player props for this game or anything else for this game, uh, Delonte? Uh, no, I think that's uh, I think that's pretty much it. Except for my man Maddie throwing shots at Kobe. What's up? What's up with that? Where do you say that? Uh, he was like, "All good, oh, guys." Kobe. Was, yeah, man, uh, that's my guy, Kobe. Kobe, <laughs> man, Kobe is hilarious, man. <laughs> All right, let's get over to the next game of the night. It's going to be the Boston Celtics in Brooklyn to take on the Brooklyn Nets. Um, Looking at the opening lines for this game, I did see the Boston Celtics open up as a three and a half point favorite. The number's actually been bet down to minus three right now. Total up at about 227 and a half. Uh, That number has been actually... uh, it's been bet down slightly. I'm seeing some 226 and a halves out there. Still see some 227 uh, and a halves out there as well. Uh, let's get to the injury report here. Uh, Boston is on a back to back here. Um, so no injury report submitted for them yet. For the Brooklyn Knicks, uh, Nick Claxton is probable tonight. Uh, Kessler Edwards is available as well. Obviously, the big news for the Brooklyn Nets is that they are going to be missing their best player and their superstar um, Kevin Durant for at least a month with an MCL sprain in his right knee. So it's going to be life without uh, Kevin Durant for at least the next month for the Brooklyn Nets. This is going to be the first game here for the Brooklyn Nets um, without Kevin Durant. Um, and I don't know. I forgot who was pointing it out in the uh, yeah big winner was pointing it out in the comment section uh Celtics on back-to-back situations so far this season they've actually been really good they're six and0 straight up five and one against the spread on back-to-back nights they're four one and one to the over 
uh, in this, uh, or sorry, in those six game on back to back situations. Dante, as far as the side, man, I, I really didn't know what to do, especially with how the Nets are going to play without Kevin Durant, um, who's going to be that starter for them in that starting lineup. Uh, but you really, really can't ignore what Boston has done on back-to-back situations uh, so far this season. What do you think about the side? Yeah, I'm uh, I'm kind of conflicted as well. Um, I I kind of want to be contrarian and take the Nets because I know a lot of people are going to be on the Celtics um, yeah. as far as, you know, like public sentiment. But can't ignore that stat that um, Big Winner put in the chat. Like, that's that's pretty big. And the Celtics usually get up. They usually play up to the level of competition. Now, life without Kevin Durant, um, last season they were 8-19 and 19, um, mm. without him in the lineup. Now, I don't know how many of those 27 games were without Kyrie as well. Um I'm just not 100% sure. It just gave me the stat that I looked up was just 8 and 19. But, you know, it's a different coach. Uh, obviously, Jock Vaughn's getting a lot more out of those guys than Steven Nash was. Um, of course, there's no replacing Kevin Durant. Um, so it's going to be difficult, I think, to mostly replace him defensively because he's been playing extremely well defensively and as a rim protector. So that's just one less defender they're going to have to throw at Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown. Um, like you said, I'm kind of back and forth. I really don't know like what to do with the game um this is uh brooklyn's first game they're returning home from a three-game road trip and they've played four of the last five on the road yeah so would they be you know more rested they've been off since uh i want to say they've been off since sunday if i'm not mistaken so they have a couple days off oh wow yeah yeah so they haven't played since sunday and uh, that was the game that kd got hurt mm-hmm. um so i think tj warren can step in and, and contribute. Uh, I would love to see more minutes from uh, Watanabe, one of my favorite mm-hmm. players to watch. Uh, he's really good at stretching the defense. But all in all, um, I just don't know 100% how Boston is going to treat this game. Uh, of course, they want to play all their guys, but I don't know if they're going to, you know, if there's a letdown factor because, okay, he's not playing, so maybe they're trying to look past them or thinking they could just, you know, roll out of bed and, and beat them. Um, Interesting to see how Kyrie plays being the star of the show. Yeah. Uh, usually, you know, he's going to get up a lot of shots. So I'll be looking at his player props for sure because he's going. He's definitely going to get the shots up without KD uh, mm-hmm. in the lineup. Um, but as for side, I, mean, I would just be contrarian and just wait and play the Nets. Uh, see how high it gets and play the Nets. Uh, nothing I'm strong about, but just just being contrarian. Yeah, six out of the next seven games for the Boston Celtics are going to be on the road. Uh, they start obviously here tonight on a back-to-back situation against the Brooklyn Nets here tonight. So, um, I mean, if you put a gun to my head, I would lean with the Nets here. Uh, just like you mentioned, I think the public will probably be all over the Boston Celtics here, especially on thinking, hey, it's a short number, minus three mm-hmm. without Kevin Durant. You know, what could go wrong, right? So I, I yep. think I, I, I definitely do lean with the Nets here just as a contrarian angle. For this game, but I, I just want to sit back and, and kind of watch what mm-hmm. the game plan is going to be for the Brooklyn Nets and something that we can incorporate into our handicap going forward, at least for the next month where they don't have Kevin Durant. Right. We'll see how is Kyrie going to be. Uh, is he going to be a, a score first mentality as you want to get his uh, teammates involved? Right. So maybe yeah. looking at assist props for Kyrie Irving where yeah. the market hasn't adjusted yet. So I think that's something that we do want to look at going forward. For this uh, team and 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 how they approach it without uh, Kevin Durant, um, thoughts on the total here, Delonte? Yeah. It's currently sitting at two twenty. Uh, let's call it two twenty eight. 
Yeah, I would uh I would lean under, but I'll be playing the first half uh total. I think it's 117 and a half was the last number that I seen. Um defensively, I mean, you know, the numbers are staggered because they're, they're KD numbers and not um without them, but they've only allowed 110 plus points once in the last five games. Mm-hmm. Um four of the last five have went under. Uh Boston's playing more of an over, but the second leg of a back to back, they could come out, you know, a little a little rusty and then also, with Brooklyn being off for, for those amount of days and adjusting to Kyrie, getting certain guys in the lineup who usually don't play with each other, that could lead to, you know, some uh, some lack of scoring. So I would rather play the first half under than the full game. I mean, you know how it goes with the short spread. It could be a free yeah. throw fest um, mm-hmm. and, and all of that. But, yeah, I definitely will be playing the uh, first half under 117.5 simply because of the rust and also the second level of back-to-back for the Celtics. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense to me. Maybe I, uh, it might be where it takes a while for uh, the the mm-hmm. Brooklyn Nets because they've had three full days off here. And then again, like we mentioned, it's it's going to be interesting to see what the lineup is going to be for Jacques Vaughn. And again, it's going to be an adjustment for him as well on trying to figure out rotations and, and lineups and and you know who's playing well with who. Because when you talk about a player like Kevin Durant, I mean you're trying to replace a guy that is averaging thirty plus points per night for this team. He's a great defensive presence as well as well as a great rebounder as well for this Brooklyn Nets team. So um, gun to my head, contrarian play. I'll take the Nets here. I'll lean with the under as well on this game as well. But again, mm-hmm. I will be sitting back and watching and and see how uh, the Nets play without Kevin Durant. Any player props you like in this game here, uh, Delante? Uh, man, I see LG dropped a bunch of player props that he liked in the in the game. I'm kind of oh, I'm kind of yeah, with him on. The, we talked about the Kyrie thing. Yeah, um, Kyrie makes I'm, sense. I'm, yeah, I'm just not a I'm not a big fan of Kyrie passing the ball, especially when he knows he's the focal point of the offense. So I might look at the assist under, but I can see the angle where he's talking about. You know, Kyrie wants to get other players involved. I mean, he has been shockingly playing a lot better uh, as far as decision making and and getting other guys involved. So I would probably look at the under on Kyrie assist and over on the points. Um, okay. And also, another guy, Malcolm Brogdon. If Mar- Marcus Smart is questionable, or is he like probable? Uh, they don't have the injury report submitted yet just because they did play last night. So they do get extra time to submit those injury yeah. reports. Um, but. He's probably, he's probably not going to play. Um, yeah. that looked pretty bad whenever he, I don't know if you saw it, but that looked pretty bad whenever he, uh, he went down with that injury. Um, but hopefully it's not too long, but, um, if he's out, I like Michael, Malcolm Brogdon points, rebounds and assists over 18 and a half. He's went over, uh, six of the last seven games. Um, he had a good night last night. Um, the resistance on defense for the Nets might not be as it might not be as good as it as it usually is with Kevin Durant, knowing that you know those defenders can play a lot more aggressive, knowing that Kevin Durant is on the back end to be able to clean up the mess if you know if they get by if they get blown by. Yeah. Um, another person who I think will step up is uh, Royce O'Neal. I like his points, rebounds, and assists seventeen and a half. He's went over in four of the last uh, six games, mm-hmm. and without KD, he should get a more expanded role. He, he can play a lot more to that point forward uh, role to get Kyrie the ball um, on the dribble handoffs and, and get out in transition to uh, to score a few. He's been scoring uh, pretty well, even with KD in the lineup. So yeah. those are a few that I like uh, tonight. Yeah, I was waiting for TJ Warren props here tonight, but yep. I think that's going to be more closer to game time because only player props I see right now for Nets players are Ben Simmons, Kyrie, Royce O'Neal, and Nick Claxton. Again, we don't know who that fifth starter is going to be yeah. for the uh, Brooklyn Nets. So, uh, yeah, definitely we'll be watching this game here tonight. All right, uh, let's get over to the next game of the night. Another doozy here. It's going to be the Milwaukee Bucks 
headed down to South Beach to take on the Miami Heat. Uh, this line opened up in favor of the, uh, let's see here, the Miami Heat at minus two and a half. That number's been actually bet up to minus four uh, between these two squads. Total opened up at 219. That number's now sitting at 217 and a half. Also see some 217s out there as well. Looking at the injury report for both of these teams, Milwaukee is on a back-to-back. So, again, um, uh, we'll have to see who's going to be in, who's going to be out. Uh, you did mention before we got on the show that Chris Milton is a game-time decision here tonight, Delonte. Yeah, that's what I've seen. Um, I think a Bucks beat reporter uh, tweeted out saying that he was uh, going to try to participate in shoot-arounds um, early on and see how he feels, um, and they got him listed. Uh, on the app as a uh, game time decision. So that's a positive sign for Milwaukee. Yeah, 100%. Um, again, like we mentioned, Bucks are on the back-to-back here. For the Miami Heat, um, the guys that are officially out, Dwayne Dedman, he's serving that one-game suspension. Tyler Hero is out as well. And Kyle Lowry is out for this game as well, as well as uh, uh, Caleb, Caleb Martin and Duncan Robinson. So, Five guys out there, guys that are probable tonight. Bam is officially probable, and uh, Haywood Highsmith is also probable here tonight. So it's always an adventure going through the Miami Heat injury report every single game when they are playing uh, on a given night here. But um, let me take a look at Milwaukee's back-to-back numbers here or on back-to-back situations this season. I think they've also been up there with the Boston Celtics as far as how good they've been. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So Milwaukee on back-to-backs this season, they're four and zero against the spread. They are three and one to the under in back-to-back situations so far this season. But Delonte, why don't we start with the side here? Let's call it minus four in favor of the Miami Heat. What do you think about this game? Yeah, I would probably lean to Miami. Um, I don't know how uh, they exerted. Milwaukee exerted a lot of effort um, last night. So not sure how those guys are gonna you know, respond to playing a physical Miami's going to be a physical defensive team. If they, you know, get Dan back in the lineup and Jimmy was Jimmy uh, a go for this game. Yeah. Jimmy is. Okay, yeah. So, and Jimmy usually rises to the occasion and plays well against, uh, against good opponents. Uh, so that's something that he does and takes pride in. Um, so I like, I like Miami. I think that they've been playing a lot better uh, basketball as of late. They've covered six of the last 10, six of the last 10 uh, and three of the last five. Most recently, um, they've been playing better on offense, uh, even though they still rank bottom five in offensive efficiency. Um, mm-hmm. A lot of that's due to Jimmy Butler just getting in the lane and getting to the line. So those numbers are kind of staggered. But I just like what I'm seeing from an eye test perspective um, by what Miami's doing with the guys that they're doing it with. Um, so it's a lot of plugging and playing with some of those guys being in and out of the lineup. Uh, if Bam is back, he should have a big night. Because he, I don't think Lopez will be able to to guard him. I'm not sure if they'll play more small ball um, in this line. Is Kyle Lowry uh, playing as well? Lowry's out. Oh, okay, yeah. So they'll they'll use Bam more in the point forward spot. He'll bring Brook Lopez out uh, of the paint, and I think he'll be able to uh, run those pick and rolls with Jimmy Butler and get inside. I know, I know, real. He's not going to want to hear that about Bam, but uh, <laughs> it's, it's a decent matchup for him. Um, yeah, Giannis sh- should be in for a, a big night. Uh, nobody – I mean, Bam is going to try to guard him, but we've seen in the bubble how Giannis, you know, destroyed pretty much everybody on the Miami Heat. So um, it's actually been a good matchup between both of these teams. They play back-to-back in the playoffs, uh, the bubble, and then the year after, right, if I'm not mistaken. Um, I think so, yeah. I know they played yeah. in the bubble for sure. I did, I think they played last season as well. Yeah, I thought so. Um, but um, 
Yeah, I, I like the I like the Miami Heat here. Um, Milwaukee has been struggling offensively. They're seven, eleven, and one ATS on the road. Um, they have won four of the last five uh, and covered four of the last five, but they're mm. still struggling on the road. Um, their offensive efficiency has dipped. They're twenty third in offensive efficiency, and a lot of that is just because. I mean, they don't have Middleton. Middleton is really the key for their offense. Uh, whenever things break down, uh, he's able to create and get a shot. If he's back tonight, I'm not sure how much he'll play, but I'm pretty sure he'll impact the game and take some pressure off of Drew and Giannis. Um, but I like I like Miami to get it done here uh, laying the four. Yeah, I mean, Giannis has struggled against this Miami Heat team. If you just look at his numbers, I mean, it's not very Giannis-like. I know last game back in March of last season, he had a 28-17 and 17 night, but prior to that... 15 and 6, 15 and 10, 15 and 9, 26, mm-hmm. 13, 10. I got a triple double. Prior to that, 9, 6, and 9.6 rebounds, 6 assists. So I feel like they do have the bodies to, to kind of throw at Giannis and kind of disrupt his rhythm. I think PJ Tucker was a, a big part of that last season, mm-hmm. obviously, no longer on this team. But um, I think Bam is more than capable of of you know his length and his athleticism to stay in front of a guy like Giannis. And again, Giannis has struggled over his last three games for whatever reason. Um, he did have the double double last night with assist and rebounds, but just scoring the basketball, he hasn't been very efficient as far as you know his field goal percentage. I think I saw he's shooting it at twenty four percent over his last couple games. So, um. God, Miami, man, as as home favorite, to, it makes me nervous, man. It really <laughs> yeah. does. I mean, you just yeah. look at the ATS numbers, Delante. It's not very pretty for the at Miami all. Heat. Um, they're 16, 24, and 2 overall, but at home this season, 6, 14, and 1. They're 4, 13, and 1 against the spread. I'm going to lean with the Bucks here. I feel like this could come down to a one-possession game at 4 right now. Um, I think that might be a a a, a Two points too much, man. And again, we talked about Milwaukee on back-to-back nights are four and zero against the spread uh, so far this season. So I'm going to lean with the Bucks here. I like mm-hmm. what I've seen from Drew Holiday over the last two games. Um, you know, Pat Connington, Grayson Allen, those guys have been contributing as well. The one thing will, that will make me nervous, and we've seen this throughout the course of the season, is where impact players that do return that teams tend to not do very well because they are trying to get those guys involved and, and get their feedback under them. And we saw that with Steph Curry in the first mm-hmm. half in particular uh, in the last game against Phoenix, where he didn't shoot the ball very well, but he came on in the second half. But again, at that point it was a little too late. Um, so I'm going to lean with the bucks here. I'll, I'll take the plus four here with them. Uh, thoughts on the total here currently sitting at two seventeen and a half. Yeah, I would uh, play the under, um, yeah. Three of the last five for Milwaukee have went under. They they've allowed 100. They allowed under 110 points in all three games. Um, all three of the most recent games, and we all know that uh, Miami's a, a snail pretty much. They're gonna play at a slower pace. Um, they're gonna walk the ball up, especially with all those guys missing. They just don't have the bodies. I mean, some yeah. of those guys are stepping in, playing, and Spolstra does a great job of having all those guys ready, which I don't think he gets enough credit for for having all of these guys ready. It's really no drop off from from like player six to player nine, like it's, they just have everybody ready to play, which speaks to the organization and, and what they do um, as a team. Um, I, I just, I don't think it's going to be a lot of points scored, both defensive minded um, teams coming in. Uh, like you said, Giannis has struggled. i um, not sure how Jimmy, I mean, 
Jimmy is going to do what he does, but outside of him and Bam, without Hero, they don't have a lot of shot creation. They didn't have a lot of shot creation even with Hero. Um, so with Middleton back, like you said, I think they'll try to get if, – if he does actually end up playing, I think they'll end up trying to get him the ball, just get him in rhythm, try to you know ease him back in slowly, which could you know alter their offense as well. So I would definitely lean to the under. Yeah, the only thing that makes me nervous is that the last eight matchups have seen, or the regular season matchups at least, have seen uh, 217 or more points uh, in their season series. But, um, yeah, like you mentioned, um, and also um, T-Rock 3 pointing out that the Bucks are just an under team on the road so far this season where they are 14-6 and six towards the under. So that's a great call Good there. Good yeah. Um, so 70% to the under in road games. Um, and like you mentioned, you know, both of these teams are at a slower pace. Miami ranks number 28 uh, out of 30 teams as far as pace. Uh, Milwaukee right about league average at number 14 um, uh, for the season. Again, Miami, the number one team as far as defending the paint this season mm-hmm. at 45.1. So I think that kind of bodes well towards the under in this game as well. So, um, yeah, that's side in total. Player props in this game, if anything, you're looking at here, Delonte, what do you like? Yeah, I did. I didn't see much uh, available, yeah, honestly, because of both teams. You know, Milwaukee being on the back to back, and Miami having that laundry list of uh, of injuries. Um, one player I do like for Miami who has been playing extremely well is Victor Oladipo. Mm-hmm. Uh, this month, averaging yep. sixteen four and four, uh, he's shooting forty percent from three, taking six threes a game. Um, he's playing with a lot of confidence. He, it looks like he got some of his burst back. Uh, obviously, he's getting older, so the burst won't be as good as it was whenever he was in Indiana and OKC to a lesser extent. Um, but he does give them some versatility, some ball handling. Uh, he's he's able to come off the screen and knock down three. So I would look at Victor Oladipo threes and also his point total. It's just not out right now. I guess we'll have to tweet it out, put it in Discord yeah. uh, whenever, they, whenever they release it. But I would guess it would be – I mean, he's averaging 16 this month. Um I would guess it would be somewhere around like 12 and a half, 13, just simply because the uh, Ozmakers thinking about the books defensively uh, being a stalwart. Yeah, I'll take a look at Bam's rebounds here tonight at nine yeah. and a half. I see that even money. Um, last two matchups against the Miami Heat, sorry, against the Milwaukee Bucks, Bam has put up, I just had it here. Yeah, uh, 18 and 12 and then 20 and 13. So if you want to get on a double double for Bam or just take his rebounds at nine and a half at even money. Uh, I do like that for him tonight against these uh, against uh, the Milwaukee Bucks. Anything else for this game, Delonte? Uh, no, not really, man. It's just we we hit on it. It's just gonna be a lot of like waiting, seeing with it's all, like it always is with Miami Heat games. So it's kind of hard to handicap them, um, and you don't know what Milwaukee's gonna do. So it's kind of yep. hard. It's kind of hard to just handicap both of these teams right now. Yep. All right, let's get over to the next game of the night. It's going to be a rematch of the game on Tuesday night between the Charlotte Hornets and the Toronto Raptors. Looking at the lines for this game, the Charlotte Hornets uh, are a road underdog where the Toronto Raptors opened up as a seven and a half point home favorite. That number has been bet up to minus eight. Still see some seven and a halves out there. Total up at about 232. That number has been bet down to 231. Do see some 230 and a halves out there as well. Uh, looking at the injury report for both of these teams for the Charlotte Hornets, uh, Gordon Hayward is doubtful, and we know Kelly Oubre Jr. is going to be out with for some time with the left hand uh, injury. For the Toronto Raptors, pretty clean injury report. Otto Porter Jr. is uh, done for the year um, as he's dealing with a toe issue for the Toronto Raptors. Um, like I mentioned, these two teams matched up on Tuesday night where the Raptors did get the victory there, ultimately pulling away. They got that victory 120, sorry, 132 to 120 
against the uh, Charlotte Hornets in a game where there was a lot of second chance opportunities in that game. And if I was just looking at the box score earlier before we started uh, the pod here and um, the Toronto Raptors in that game had 18 offensive rebounds against the Charlotte Hornets team. And we know that opposing centers and, and I guess we can still throw in power forwards as well. have had mm-hmm. a lot of success rebounding, excuse me, the basketball against the um, Charlotte Hornets. But Delonte, why don't we start with the side here? Minus eight, let's call it, uh, for the Toronto Raptors against the Charlotte Hornets. Yeah, this was my uh, my dog uh, Tuesday, and it lost, of course. But I might be right back with Charlotte. Uh, I think it was more of an outlier performance from Toronto. They made 23s. Yeah. Uh, both teams shot 44-plus percent from three – or 43% uh, from three – um, I want to say Toronto shot 51% from the field, which is unlike them. I mean, they're, they rank 29th in effective field goal and three-point percentage. So, like, that's that's just – I think it was an outlier performance. Um, now, Charlotte, they don't do anything well as far as defending. Uh, but I think some of those shots that they were that they were making were off of those offensive rebounds. So, they're getting wide open looks off of uh, – off of kickout threes, um, I think more Mark Williams and uh, Mason Plumlee will be able to 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 basically contain the uh, the glass with Toronto because Toronto doesn't have an inside presence at all. I mean, they no. play Chris they play Chris Boucher a lot. Um, mm-hmm. I know Precious was playing a lot before he was injured, um, but they don't have a, a lot of rim protection, so that was kind of odd to see. I saw the same thing you saw as far as the box score, mm-hmm. um, but I just think that the Raptors were, was a pretty much an outlier performance. Um, they don't do a, a lot of things well as far as shooting the basketball, uh, even with the poor defense like Charlotte. Uh, I think Charlotte can can hang uh, and make it a, a somewhat of a game because, I mean, it was only a two-point game going into the fourth quarter. Yeah. So they outscored them by 10, and that was – which is which has pretty much been Charlotte's problem all year. Mm-hmm. They they play within the, the number um, the first half. They come out in the third quarter. They played pretty well. Um, and then they just fall apart in the fourth quarter. I don't know if that's on Steve Clifford's rotations um, because he he does sit mellow at the start of the fourth quarter. I have no reason. I have no idea why. Um, but and without Melo in there, it's a lot of Terry Rozier uh, jacking up threes, a lot of uh, bad shots by him, and they, they look kind of lost without Melo on the floor. Um, and you can check his plus minus to to really back that up. Uh, but yeah, I, I like Charlotte here. Uh, in a bounce back mode, usually the second leg of these kind of back to back games with these teams usually favors the team that got beat. Yeah. Uh, so give me Charlotte here plus the eight. Yeah, I'll lean with you as well on, on like what you just mentioned your last handicap there. With typically we see both of these teams either either split the victory or at least a cover. Mm-hmm. Um, and like you mentioned that this was only a two point game heading into that fourth quarter where you know Hornets pulled away and won that fourth quarter by ten points and. Um, you know, Toronto had a great night shooting the basketball from the three-point line, 20 of 44 for 45.5%. Um, overall shot close to 50% from the floor. And again, I think the re- it's it's what's going to come down to rebounding that. They're probably going to look at the, the at the stats that they gave up 18 offensive rebounds to the Toronto Raptors. You can't do that. You can't do that against any team, right? And you can't give those other teams uh, second-chance opportunities sure. um, in those games or, or in any game. Um, looking at the numbers as far as uh, points in the paint, 
Charlotte actually won that. They were they outscored the Toronto Raptors fifty six to forty four. It was just the difference was the pretty much a three point line where Toronto knocked down five more three point shots uh, than the Charlotte Hornets. Um, so I'll lean here with the Charlotte Hornets here as well. Any thoughts on the total here, uh, Delante? Uh, yeah, I think it's um, a, a bit inflated still. I think it opened up maybe like two or three points higher than what it did um, in the first matchup, simply mm-hmm. because of, I mean, they went crazy from from three. Like both teams shot over 40% from three, which is definitely an outlier for both of these teams. Um, the Raptors are unli- highly unlikely not to make 23s uh, in this game. So I would lean to the under. They both play at a, a somewhat medium pace. Uh, Charlotte does like to push it when Lamelo's in when Lamelo's on the floor, but it has to be with the right lineup. Like if they yeah. play with the traditional two bigs, they've been playing Mason Plumlee and Mark Williams um, a lot to control the boards, so they kind of slow it down there. But when PJ Washington's playing the five, they usually try to uh, to speed up and get teams going. But the Raptors they usually play at a slower pace. Um, I want to say they are bottom five in pace, if I'm not mistaken. And uh, I would lean to the under simply just. I think it's just an overreaction to to what we saw on uh, on Tuesday. Yeah, for when you talk about the three point shooting, both these teams are ranked dead last um, mm-hmm. as far as three point shooting per, uh, team percentage. Uh, Toronto is number twenty nine at around thirty three percent. Charlotte uh, um, is dead last at number thirty at thirty two point seven. So, I mean, I think both these teams combined for what thirty five three point shots made in that yep. game on Tuesday yep. night. So. Um, I don't know, but it still scares me. Anytime Lamelo Ball is on the floor, we know that guy doesn't play any defense, and the pace is up when those when when uh, he's on the floor. Um, I'll still lean towards over in this game. Again, I still think that even if they don't knock down their three point shots, maybe the pace and at least points to the paint are going to be there uh, for both of these teams. Like I mentioned, fifty six of the hundred and what twenty points that the Hornets put up came from inside the paint uh, mm-hmm. in that game. Um, Player props here, uh, Delante. What do you like? Uh, Gary Trent threes. Uh, I see it's at two and a half. He's went over this number six of the last seven. He's been playing extremely well, especially shooting the ball a lot. Um, and speaking of threes, uh, Scotty Barnes under a half threes made. I know it's always kind of scary to go to go under uh, a half. I have a guy make one. It's kind of the Draymond thing to do. Yeah, uh, but. Nobody respects Scotty Barnes' jumper. I mean, that's one of the knocks that had been on him when he came out of Florida State, uh, even in his first year. He just he's not able to shoot it at a, a decent enough level. Uh, he's went under this in eight of the last eleven, and in eight of those games, uh, he's made uh, he's having he has only attempted one in uh, like six of those games. So he's not going to get a lot of volume. Um, I like both of those to uh, I like get Scotty Barnes under threes and Gary Trent over threes. Um, one of my favorite props to bet. I've been betting it all year. Mason Plumley over 24 and a half points, rebounds, and assists. If you look at Mason Plumley's stat line, like his oh. his uh his um box score or whatever stat sheet, yes. it's, it's it's really incredible to see like what he's doing, like rebounding the basketball, even passing to a lesser extent. Uh, he's went over in six of the last seven. He's had a double double four of the last six. Um, he he plays great in that dunker spot when Lamelo's coming off the screen and roll. Um. He can get the ball in the paint, and when he gets to the line, he has that weird. Shoot, he's shooting left-handed now. Left-handed, I have no idea. Yeah. yeah, I have no idea what he's doing with that. But um, yeah, I think Mason Plumlee is a solid big. Uh, I wouldn't be surprised if he gets moved. Uh, like he could, he could be used to a team that needs a big inside presence. Um, I wouldn't hate him going back to Brooklyn. Wasn't he at Brooklyn before? He was at Brooklyn before, right? Uh, I, I know that wasn't was... Miles. 
I think no, he was at man. Brooklyn before. I would love to see him back in Brooklyn for you know a, a bit of a post presence for them. Um, somebody who's able to uh, yeah. run that pick and roll and the the dribble handoff uh, effectively. Right. Yeah, he started his career in Brooklyn. Yeah, uh, so. Last season he was with Detroit. Mm-hmm. Prior to that he was with Denver. Yep. And then Denver again, Portland. Um, in his second, third or fourth year in the league, and then he, yeah, he started a career with uh, Brooklyn. Yeah, so yeah, I would love to see him back there. Um, they need some rim protection and uh, a guy who's a little bit more mobile to be able to to defend the paint. So I like Mason Plumlee over twenty four and a half points, rebounds, and assists as well. Yeah, I took Terry Rozier over two and a half three point shots made here tonight. Um, he had thirty three in the matchup against um, the. Raptors on Tuesday night, he hit five of nine from three point line. But I think that one thing kind of stuck out to me is that he's made at least three three pointers against the Raptors in six, uh, sorry, seven of his last nine career games against the Raptors. And they're struggling to defend the three point line as well. Um, over the last 10 games, um, for the Raptors, they're allowing opponents to make close to 13 three pointers per game, which ranks about number 19 below league average. Um, and they're also allowing uh, opponents to shoot around 39.2% from beyond the arc, which ranks number 27 over the last 10 games. So and it seems like that, again, for some of these players, since the new year has started that, they've found their shooting stroke. Um, Terry Rozier, he's shooting 39.6% from beyond the arc. He's making an average of 3.8 per game uh, while getting up to 10 attempts per game as well. So I think that probably continues here from t- for him tonight uh, at 2.5 at minus 110. I do like Terry Rozier tonight over 2.5 three-point shots made here. Yeah, I would um, I want to look at LaMelo over threes. It's 3.5, but, I mean, that's a bit high. But he's taking like 11, 12 a game. Yeah, he like, is. So he's, he's taking an insane clip um, of threes. Uh most of them high difficulty level, um, like step backs and and all that. But I would probably lean to Lamelo points. I think he has a, a pretty good game against this um, against his defense. Uh, I didn't like the matchup originally, but when I saw I seen it play out and seen how um, Toronto was guarding him, uh, they they threw a lot of zone at, at the Hornets. I mean, which is pretty warranted because they don't have a lot of shooters uh, per se. Yeah. But um, yeah, I might lean at. I might lean to LaMelo over uh, over his points. So we were thinking he has a pretty good night. All right, let's get over to the next game of the night. That's going to be the Dallas Mavericks in L.A. to take on the L.A. Lakers, a rematch of Christmas Day. Uh, looking at the opening lines for this game, the Dallas Mavericks opened up as a three-point favorite. Uh, that number's been bet down to minus two and a half. Still see some minus threes out there as well at a couple books. Total opened up at 229 and a half. That number's been bet all the way up to 235 and a half in this game. Looking at the injury report for both of these teams for the Dallas Mavericks, the usual guys are out. Uh, Dorian Finney-Smith, Josh Green, and Maxi Kleber. Uh, and then Dwight Powell is officially questionable here tonight for the Dallas Mavericks. For the home team, the L.A. Lakers, Patrick Beverly questionable tonight with the right hip soreness. Troy Brown Jr. is probable. LeBron is probable. And we know Lonnie Walker, Austin Reeves, and Anthony Davis are all out here tonight for the L.A. Lakers. Uh, like I mentioned, Delonte, both these teams did match up in Dallas Um on Thanksgiving, sorry, on Thanksgiving, on Christmas Day, uh, where the Mavericks did get that victory, 124-111, sorry, 124-115 over the LA Lakers. That was a game where LeBron dropped 38 points against the Dallas Mavericks. Now looking to avenge um, that loss from Christmas Day on their home floor as a three-point home underdog. What do you like about this game here, Delonte? Stop, you're on mute. I think the Lakers do get a little bit of revenge um, 
knowing that they were a third quarter away from from beating the Dallas Mavericks pretty handily on Christmas. Yeah. Um, they scored like 51, 52 points in that quarter. Something outrageous. I'll look it up here. Let me see. Yeah, because I, I know Charlotte scored 51. 51. Yeah. Okay, yeah. So Charlotte scored 51 in the quarter not too long ago as well. Yeah. Um, but uh, since the new year, like uh, since we flipped over to 2023, uh, the Lakers have – covered every single game except for they had a push, I guess, depending on what number you got with Denver. And mm-hmm. that was with uh, the Sierra Canyon lineup that they had, that they rolled out uh, against them. So um, I think that they'll get it done. LeBron's coming back. He's He should be well-rested. Um, the bodies kind of do worry me with some of those guys being out, especially Austin Reeves and Lonnie Walker with the shot making uh, or the little bit of shot making that they can do. But um I mean, Schroeder and Thomas Bryant have been playing extremely well. Yep. Uh, I think Westbrook, to a lesser extent, has been playing under control, playing a lot better with that second unit. Um, I mean, lately he's been playing in the starting lineup. But in order for the Lakers to have success, they're going to have to speed up Dallas. We all know Dallas wants to play slow. They want to let Luka pound the ball for about 20 seconds. Um, and Luka's going to pretty much be able to get what he wants. Um, that's with any matchup, but uh, specifically with uh, the Lakers. Um, one thing the Lakers do do well is the defend the three, and Dallas takes the most threes in the NBA. Forty-seven point three percent of the forty-nine point four percent of their shots are taken from three. Mm-hmm. So this could lead to a lot of fast break opportunities if they're not making them. They shoot a high volume. They shoot it at a high volume, obviously. And the Lakers are top ten in effective three-point percentage defense. So as long as they can contain those threes and somewhat limit Luca to uh a subpar game, maybe like 25, five and five or something like that, which is crazy to say as a subpar game for somebody. But um, I think the Lakers got a good, good chance to, uh, to win. They're going to beat them up inside. Uh, Thomas Bryant, uh, Winion Gabriel, uh, LeBron, uh, they're always top five in rim rate, which is they shoot 41% of the 41.6% of their shots are taken at the rim. Mm-hmm. And they, are, they have the ninth most makes at the rim. The Mavericks don't defend the the paint as well. They don't have a, a paint presence. I mean, Christian Wood is not really uh, a rim protector. So I look for uh, the Lakers to dominate in the paint and and be able to limit some of those threes that the Mavericks can, can take. So I'll take the Lakers uh, plus three as a home dog. Yeah, I'll take the Lakers here as well, plus the three here. Um, like I'm on the money line here as well. And like you mentioned, that Christmas Day game where they just got outscored 51 to 21. You would think they would have lost that game by 10 plus points, but look, they were in control of most of that game, like mm-hmm. you mentioned, until that third quarter. They did try to make a rally in that fourth quarter uh, where they did outscore the Mavericks 40 to 30, but they just fell short uh, in that game. And again, in that game on Christmas Day, they won three out of the four quarters. Uh, against the Dallas Mavericks. I think this is going to be another big LeBron game. Like you mentioned, they have a lot of rest here. Uh, do the Los Angeles Lakers. They haven't played since, I believe, Sunday. Mm-hmm. Uh, so they've had three full days off. I expect LeBron to have a big game here tonight against Dallas. And again, there's nobody really on this Dallas Mavericks squad that can, number one, stay in front of LeBron and slow him down, or even, like we mentioned, defend the paint uh, for this Mavericks team. So I expect a big game here from LeBron here tonight, like the money line here as well, and the plus three. Yep. Uh Thoughts on the total for this game here? Yeah, kind of torn on the total, uh, just because. But if we, I guess it's kind of correlated. If you like the Mavericks, then you like the under the 29th in pace. Um, you got to think that they're going to slow the slow the Lakers down and not be able to have them get out in transition. Um, Dallas is last in fast break points per game in the NBA, um, and you know, in order for the Lakers to have success, they're going to have to want they're going to want to speed up the game. 
Um, they are second in pace. So you know, if we like the Lakers, we got to like the over, I think. Um, so I would lean to the over since I think we both like the Lakers as well. Yeah, I like the over in this game. I think it will see a more of a back and forth in a, in a, in a, again, I think the Lakers are going to dictate the pace in this game. And like we mentioned, they are, I think, tops in the league, at least over the last 10 games where uh, they are number one in pace. Mm-hmm. And on the season, it's, paid, it's stayed consistent for them where they uh, are number three as far as pace goes. And Dallas, yeah, they're dead last as far as pace. But again, I feel like this is going to be a game where the Lakers do dictate the pace. Lakers number two as far as points scored inside the paint so far this season. And again, like we've talked about, Dallas just doesn't do a very good job of, of defending the paint where they rank number 18. And um, again, I, I think we'll just see uh, easy baskets in this game for both teams. So I'll take the over in this game as well. Uh, Dante, quickly, player props you like in this game? Uh, Thomas Bryant, love him. Um, yep. Love Thomas Thomas Bryant uh, over points and rebounds. He's at, uh, I think it was 25 and a half the last time I saw, or mm-hmm. 20, yeah, 25 and a half, 26. He's had a double-double in seven of the last 11 games. He's been dominant in the paint. I don't think it's going to change with Christian Wood on the inside. Um, I would also like to see him shoot more three. I mean, I think early in his career, he was a lot better at shooting threes. Maybe that's just not what the Lakers do offensively, but I'd love to see him pick and pop and take a few more threes. I think in the last few games only took maybe one or two threes. But um, the I uh, mentioned the, the rate that Dallas shoots threes, and if they're not going to make them, which I'm pretty sure they're not going to make a high clip on this Lakers defense as they defend the three pretty well, it's going to be a lot of opportunity for rebounds. Um, they're gonna he's gonna probably beat up the Dallas uh, offensive glass. Um, so I look forward Thomas Bryant to have a big game. Uh, I know LG mentioned that LeBron was 35 points away from uh, the milestone. So I don't know if he he might get that tonight, man. He might get that tonight. Um, yeah. So I'm big on LeBron points, rebounds, and assists. He's well rested. Uh, I don't even think it, he played. He didn't play in the game Sunday, so he's had extended extended rest. Yeah. So he should be ready to go. Points, rebounds, and point. assists for him. Um, Schroeder points. He's had 20 plus in the three of the last four, taking on a bigger role uh, with Lonnie Walker and Austin Reeves being out. So those are three that I, I like pretty good, uh, pretty good amount. Yeah, I like uh, LeBron's points here tonight uh, as the player prop for this game. Um, automatically, I was betting Thomas Bryant props on his rebounds. I took over nine and a half. Yeah. Uh, but uh, I would probably ladder up LeBron's here. Uh, 32 and a half right now is what the number is, but 35 is at plus money and 40 plus uh, as well. I think that LeBron has a big game here tonight. And, yeah. you know, like LG mentioned that, He's what thirty-five away from thirty-eight thousand. I think that he does achieve that here tonight. He's had two forty-plus point games in his last uh, five games: forty-three against the Charlotte Hornets, forty-seven against the Atlanta Hawks. So, I think again a big game here tonight for uh, LeBron. So I will take uh, Bron props here along with Thomas Bryant. Yep. All right, last game of the night here, Delonte. Let's get into it. The Cleveland Cavaliers are in Portland to take on the Blazers. Uh, looking at the opening line for this game, the uh, Cavs opened up as a two and a half point favorite. Numbers have been bet up to three. Uh, total open about 223 and a half. Their numbers have been bet down to 220 and a half. Looking at the injury report for both of these teams for the Portland Trailblazers, Damon Lillard is officially questionable here tonight with a left ankle sprain. Gary Payne, the second, is probable. Justice Winslow continues to be uh, out with a left ankle sprain. For the Cleveland Cavaliers, Jared Allen probable. Uh, Ricky Rubio is going to make his return if everything goes well or a shoot around. They said I think he's going to be playing in about 12 to 15 minute um, mm-hmm. uh, minutes per game until he kind of gets his feedback under him. 
Um, and that is pretty much it as far as the injury report. Portland has been struggling um, over their last several games here. I'm trying to actually pull up their numbers here. So they've lost. Let's see here. They yeah, lost four straight, I think. Yeah, they've lost four four games in a row. They've lost five out of the last six games. They've only covered one game of their last. Let's see. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. Yeah, they're two and eight against spread mm-hmm. over their last ten games uh, at home so far this season. The Portland Trailblazers are ten and six against the spread. But again, like I mentioned, they've been reeling a little bit here. Over the last 10 games. Uh, Delonta, let's start with the side here. Minus three in favor of the Cleveland Cavaliers. What are you talking about this game? Yeah, I think that Cleveland is going to be the right side to play. Um, although they haven't been playing well um, themselves. They are three and seven ATS the last 10. They're struggling on the road. Six, 13 and one ATS on the road. Um, they lost a heartbreaker to to Utah. They basically blew that game. Um, yeah. Letting Jordan Clarkson uh, go crazy like that. Um, but... Portland, they they have been struggling, and they struggle with big physical teams like Cleveland. Um, the guard play for Portland, they don't defend well. We all know Dame is not the best defender. Uh, Simons not not a good defender at all. So Garland and, and Mitchell should be able to get what they want um, at any given time. And inside, I mean, it's only Nurkic that 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 does a lot of the banging around, and mm-hmm. he's likely to be in foul trouble in the first quarter with those two big bodies of Mobley and Jared Allen. Um, so I like Cleveland here. I think they're, they're going to bounce back, especially with Dame being questionable. Um, I would probably be off it if, if Dame was playing, but, uh, some of the reports are, are saying that he, he might sit this one out. Um, so I I would definitely lean to Cleveland. Um, they haven't been playing as bad as Portland. Um, but they haven't been, you know, to the level that we're used to seeing Cleveland. I mean, Portland, I thought it's probably, one of the they were one of the better stories early on. I mean, people were talking about Chauncey Billups for Coach of the Year. Uh, yeah. They were playing extremely well, weathered the storm when Dame was out. Um, but uh, just they came back down to earth really, really fast. Um, they still are pretty good as a dog, um, thirteen and nine uh, as a as a dog. Uh, probably even better as an underdog. Uh, both teams play at a slower pace. Uh, I think Cleveland gets the job done uh, with Mitchell and Garden leading the way. Yeah, I mean, I, I can't get behind this Portland team right now. Um, I, I think that I would probably go with the Cleveland Cavaliers as well. I don't love this game. Um, but again, just force pick from what I've seen from from Portland. Mm-hmm. It just has not, um, sorry, excuse me, has not been very good for them. And now, like we mentioned, Damian Lillard dealing with an ankle injury. So now, not sure how effective he will be, or even if he does play in this game as well. Which he, if he does play, I would probably look at Simon's props automatically just because He's just uh, Simon has done very well in the absence of uh, Damian Lillard this, this season. So Cleveland, like you mentioned, they're coming off that loss against the the Utah Jazz, where it was a huge game, obviously for Donovan Mitchell returning back to Utah. But um, I think this is an opportunity for them to have some success inside. I think Evan Mobley needs to step his game up. He just hasn't been very good so far this season. I mean, he had a great, incredible rookie year, but um, I think they will have success on on the glass, rebounding the basketball, maybe creating some second chance opportunities. But I think this might be a Darius Garland game yep. where, you know, Garland gets it going here tonight uh, for the Cleveland Cavaliers. And I don't think there's a lot of perimeter defense for the uh, Portland Trailblazers that can contain both Donovan Mitchell and uh, uh, Darius Garland in this game. So force pick for me, I, I will, I will lean with uh, or go with the Cleveland Cavaliers as well. Um, 
thoughts on the total here? Delonte currently sitting at 220 and a half. Yeah. Um, lately, uh, Portland has been playing to the under. Um, did 24th in pace. Uh, four of the last five went under. And while Cleveland is uh, has been an over, I mean, has been an under team um, this year. Uh, they three of the last five have went over. Uh, that probably is due to some of the teams that they've been playing. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're dead last in pace as well. Uh, I would think that this is more of a slow down game, especially if Dame's not in. Uh, Cleveland does a good job of defending the rim, so um, I don't think that Jeremy Grant will be as effective uh, as he as he is, you know, in certain in other matchups. But uh, I would lean to the under, maybe even a first quarter under, thinking both of these teams come out and, and play a, a big role defensively, uh, especially with how they've been playing um, as of late. Yeah, the pace, uh, pace numbers is what kind of really sticks out on the stat sheet for both of these teams. Uh, Portland number 26 on the season as far as pace. Cleveland second to last uh, right in front of Dallas as far as pace and possessions per game. So, mm-hmm. yeah, I, I lean towards the under as well. So, well, that's where the money is coming in on this game um, where it opened up at, what, 223 and a half now, all the mm-hmm. way down to 220 and a half. Starting to see some 219 and a halves popping up as well. Um, I don't have any player props for this game that I do like. Do you have anything that you like? Um, I like Nurkic under 10 and a half rebounds. Uh, he's been under eight of the last 11. He's had single digits in seven of those games. Um, like I said, both of those big bodies inside with Allen and Mobley, uh, he might get into foul trouble earlier, which, mm-hmm. which always is going to help us. He has a foul problem. Uh, you can just look at his stat sheet and see he always racks up three, four fouls uh, a game. Um, so I like him under that 10 and a half rebounds, thinking that Cleveland controls the glass. And they're going to have to if they want to you know, win this game on the road. Uh, Josh Hart over 21 and a half points, rebounds, and assists. He's went over six of the last eight. Um, he, he's been rebounding the ball extremely well. I mean, he's rebounding the ball better than Jeremy Grant, actually. Um, and I think that some of those uh, positions uh, will come down to him having the ball in his hands. Because Ant- Anthony Simons, while he's a good shooter, not the best creator uh, off the dribble. Um, so I think Josh Hart can do a lot more. Uh, off the dribble, getting those other guys involved, and especially if Dame's out, the ball's going to be more so in his hands to play that, you know, that point guard uh, role. So I like over twenty and a half, twenty one and a half points, rebounds, and assists for Josh Hart and Nurkic under ten and a half rebounds. All right, I like it. All right, before we get into our lock and dog for this Thursday night schedule, let me tell you guys about Underdog Fantasy. We're brought to you by Underdog Fantasy, and at Underdog Fantasy, the season never uh, ends. Right now, you can play their fantasy football fantasy football playoff best ball, the gauntlet, with $1 million in prizes up for grabs. They also have tons of daily games for the NBA and NHL. Plus, when you um, de- when you use promo code, I'm sorry, SGPN at underdogfantasy.com, you get a 100% deposit match up to $100. That's underdogfantasy.com, promo code SGPN. And the NBA Gambling Podcast, we're doing a special uh, basketball bingo giveaway for all the games happening on Monday for the MLK Day games. All you have to do is subscribe to the NBA Gambling Podcast YouTube page and then uh, go to the SGPN app and uh, get in to the contest under the contest tab. The sign-up link is right there. But again, you have to be subscribed to the NBA Gambling Podcast YouTube page first. 
and then head over to the SGPN app um, to get into the contest. Deadline is before the first game of the Monday, uh, first game on Monday. We're going to have games all day, so they're going to be starting early. So make sure to get into the contest. It's free to enter and again, exclusively on the SGPN app. All right, Delonta, let's close it out strong here, my man. Let's get into our lock-in dog for this Thursday night schedule. Why don't you lead us off with your lock-in dog? Yeah, man, I'll, I'll be spoken at the first game. Uh, I'm going to lay the big number with uh, with Philly. We'll, we'll say 10, uh, but it's 9.5s the out there. Um, you know what I'm saying? If you want yeah. if you, to, if you search around, you can find 9.5. Um, they're not prone to to blowing teams out. Uh, I went over the numbers, I think it's 6-1, with the spread of 8.5 or more uh, this season. I think it's a bad matchup for Oklahoma City. Uh, so I look for Philadelphia to, to come out and, and play extremely well. Embiid should dominate. Should have a 30 and 15 type of game. Uh, so look at his props over. So I'll lay the big number with uh, Philadelphia, thinking they win by 12 to 13 points in this game. All right, what do you got for your dog? Man, for the dog, I'm going to go with the team who hasn't lost uh, ATS this year, uh, the LA Lakers. I'm going with them, uh, going with LeBron. Uh, and, and the game, they're going to get it done. They're well-rested. Uh, I think Dallas is going to come in and, and be stifled by that that three-point defense, that uh, that good three-point defense that the Lakers play. Um, I, I think the Lakers should, should win by six or seven points in this game. They got the revenge factor coming in. Um, they, they do – some of the things that Dallas wants to do uh, as far as pick and roll and a lot of the, the spacing with the shooters, the Lakers do defend well. Now, the one thing that I am worried about is just Luka going nuclear and them not being able to stop him at all. Um, but, I mean, that's the worry with any Dallas Mavericks game. Yeah. But all in all, I think the Lakers get some revenge. I think LeBron uh, gets to that milestone that LG was referring to. Mm-hmm. Um, I think look for a big night, maybe a 40-point game for uh, for LeBron, as you mentioned, which, uh, which I'll be on as well with you. So that's for my dog. The Lakers, is it still plus three? Uh, I am seeing two and a half at win bet uh, cool. plus one twenty seven on the money line. Yeah, that's cool. See, we'll, t- we'll take both of those. Take both All of right. Those. All right. So for my lock, I'm going to go to the same game as you, but I'm just going to take the Sixers in the first half. Uh, C minus five and a half out there at, at plenty of books. Um, you know, I mean, we talked about the numbers of how dominant the Sixers team has been against this uh, Thunder team over the course of the last six games, especially in the first half um, on the road of their last 10 road games, the thunder are two, seven and one against the spread while the Sixers at home over the last 10 are six, three and one. They've done a great job defensively on SGA. I think that continues here tonight. Um, and we know, like I mentioned, OKC thunder are a great third quarter team. So I, I'm going to expect the uh, Sixers to continue their domination in the first half against the, the thunder here. So I'm going to take the minus five and a half, I think they should be up by close to 10 points. It might be an eight-point type of game uh, at the half. For my dog, it's going to be the same game as well. Yeah, it's going to be a player problem. I'm going to go with LeBron here tonight, man. I think he has a big game. Give me the 35-plus points here tonight mm-hmm. for LeBron. That's only at plus 115, but I'm also going to go with 40-plus here tonight for LeBron at plus 295. Um, he's well-rested. He hasn't played since Saturday. Uh, their last game was actually Saturday, I believe. Um, so they've had a, a good amount of time off here. Um, he had 38 against the Dallas Mavericks in that Christmas Day matchup. LG also pointing out, like you mentioned, that he's close to that milestone of 38,000 career points. Mm-hmm. I think he can get close to 40 points. And again, he's had 40 points in two of his last five games. Um, 
on the season. So expect big things from LeBron here tonight. Again, there's nobody on this roster for the uh, Dallas Mavericks. I can stay in front of them. And again, they don't have that rim protection either. So I'm expecting LeBron to just attack the basket. I will get easy baskets, get to the free throw line. And I think that this should be a game where he has 35 to 40 points each. So I'll give out the ladder of 35 plus at plus 115 and excuse me, 40 plus at plus 295. If you want to go even higher, 45 plus is at seven to one for LeBron oh. here tonight. So all ladder, the 35 plus at plus 115 and 40 plus at plus 295 as my dog for the Thursday night schedule here. All right, uh, Delante, that's going to do it, man. Um, pretty long episode here on the Thursday schedule, about six games that we got through. Talked about some stuff from last night as well. But anything else you want to mention before we get out of here? But No, nah, man, I think we I think we hit on it all. Uh, hopefully bounce back. I think we got some good picks, some good analysis. Uh, just make sure everybody gets the right number, um, the best number uh, available, and uh, because those lines are, are moving pretty fast. Uh, so just make sure you get the best number, and uh, good luck on the bets. Yeah, make sure to follow Delante on Twitter at XXLONTEXX on Twitter. Follow me on Twitter at SportsNerd824. Make sure to follow the NBA Gambling Podcast account at SGPNNBA. Uh, if you haven't already, make sure to subscribe to the YouTube channel. Uh, channel for the nba gambling podcast that's one step for the ml day uh games uh bingo contest that we are doing and before you guys leave make sure to hit that like button for us man uh it really helps us grow and 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 uh you know expand the show get more people to watch us and and just really grow the show i know we are one of the best uh nba gambling pods out there there's no doubt in my mind about that um all right terrell and scott will be back tomorrow for the friday game so look out for them as well they'll be back usually at the same time we try to go at 11 a.m eastern time all right good luck with your bets here tonight let's break these books off and let it ride